This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 916, Comic Talk. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chapman. This is episode 916. It's a comic talk episode. I'm uh, still doing the week of catch-up. Uh, it means that uh, the show has been very delayed lately. I haven't had episodes coming out as regularly as they used to, so I'm trying to kind of play some catch-up with the schedule. Uh, this episode would have originally gone up a few days ago, just did not have a chance to record it. So uh, today I'm just kind of sitting down to do a little bit of random uh, kind of not word association. That's the wrong word. I was thinking about... I've done episodes before where I've talked about um, you know certain characters and comics and kind of the first time I would have originally seen them and what it was like to kind of become a fan. I've done this before with uh, Daredevil, etc. So I thought I would talk more on the DC side because my DC experience is actually a lot more limited uh, than my Marvel side. That being said, I've, you know, I've read a lot of DC over the last 20 years, but um, I didn't definitely didn't grow up that way uh, reading DC comics. Although, I will say, so I've, I've talked about this before. Uh, I believe one of the first DC comics I remember, at least the first one that was really had a, uh, you know, kind of made an impression on me would have been uh, Superman number 200 and uh, shoot now I remember the number I forget the number pretty sure it's Superman 220 um, now this is if you look it up on Google it's not going to come up with the right one first uh, it's going to come up with the one from 19, uh, what is it 27 that can't be right that can't be right 220 but, uh, apparently Google's wrong you, you look it up on Google you got the wrong answer the one I want is Superman Volume 1, issue number 220 from October 1969. Uh, the executive editor was Carmine Infantino. Cover artist was Kurt Swan and Murphy Anderson. Uh, it's written by Jim Shooter, pencils by Kurt Swan. Love this issue. Uh, always will. It's ridiculously silly, um, but I loved it. Now, when did I first read this and how? So I first read... So this would have been my first time ever seeing The Flash or Superman that I remember. Um, because like I grew up in, I grew up in the eighties, so I don't think super fans was really wrong on anywhere. I don't think it was in reruns that I remember seeing. I was born in 83. So, I mean, the Superman animated series didn't happen until after the Batman one. So that would have been what mid nineties. So, uh, and flash showed up in that. So I, in terms of, you know, see, and justice, League came after that and flash was in that. So my first real interaction with the flash was probably this comic. And I remember in, really enjoying it although it's interesting i remember years later i would go to baseball games with my mom and they would have a bunch of uh, trading card dispensaries because obviously trading cards were a huge thing back in the day and so i remember going and they were, there was this like dc showcase set or something and there had the flash on it and it was you know the modern costume at that time it looked like it was kind of much more padded and wasn't quite as form-fitting as the barry allen costume because it was wally west and i remember looking at it and showing it to my dad i'm like oh dad do you know the flash and he's like yeah it's barry allen I never questioned, because my dad has always said that he was not a comic book fan, and he didn't really read comics. And this doesn't really square that he had this issue from 1969 uh, when I was growing up, so that would have been, you know, at, at minimum 14 years later was when I was born. So he held on to this comic for that long, 
Um, you know, he would have bought this when he was in university, uh, likely unless he bought it afterwards, but I doubt it. He was in, so he was 19 years old because he was born in 1950. He's 19 years old, buying a comic book, and then keeps it aside and then still has it, you know, many years later. And I remember there was a few comics together, but this was the one I always remember. And it was this particular issue. And so I, I've always kind of joked that he's a damn liar because <laughs> he definitely was reading comics at some point uh, in the late 60s. And it's interesting, too, that, you know, you hear about that you had universities and stuff or colleges inviting Stanley to you know, give talks and stuff. But Marvel Comics were kind of the new hip thing, right? And more socially conscious, very different. And, you know, the DC books were not like that. So 1969, you have this book come out. Um, again, I guess my dad probably had his memory jog that Barry Allen was The Flash because maybe he watched the Flash TV series, which I believe was 1990. So that's possible, too, uh, that when I bought, got this card set, it would have been after that point. So that's probably what also I remember being like, Dad, that's not it's not Barry Allen. It's Wally West. What's wrong with you? Dick thing to do. Uh, but obviously, Barry Allen had been gone for a few years from comics at that point, and as a kid, you know, looking at a play, uh, at a trading card, obviously, it's Wally West. Uh, so this would have been the first time I ever saw Barry Allen, and it's such a weird issue. So if you look at this up, this cover, so it's Superman Volume 1, 220, from October 1969, uh, Russo is doing the inks over Kurt Swan. Um, this is during the Weisinger era. Uh, he's listed as the editor in the book. It's called Who Stole My Superpowers? It's a ridiculously silly issue, Barry Silver Age, on the cover, very dynamic cover you have uh flash trying to punch uh superman superman vibrating out of the way and uh the, flash is saying i'll prove i'm superman by hitting you with a super punch huh i missed and then uh, superman is vibrating out of the way saying sure because i vibrated out of your way at super speed that proves i'm the flash this issue is wholesale ridiculous i love this issue as i said it's one of my you know the, these issues i really hold deep in my heart i don't have a lot of kind of as a kid reading comics with my dad or reading comics from my dad that's not really a thing we never shared comics together i read comics to my son all the time now and i'm always thinking about like you know if he'll remember that and what he'll take from it and if it'll be this really nice fond memory that he'll have that oh you know i used to sit with my dad and we used to read comics together it was really cool i hope that is the feeling that he has um my dad and i never shared that we didn't have a lot in common uh we got along just fine but we didn't have a lot of shared interests and so comics were not one of them uh but yeah this 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 comic is absolutely bonkers again i will always love it always uh treasure it uh, i destroyed it because so many times i read it i remember i gave it to him a number of years ago i think on father's day and i don't think he cared that much about it i was like you know this meant a lot to me because it was one of the first comics i really read he's probably thinking man if he didn't read this comic he wouldn't have been into comics and then he wouldn't have spent all that money on comics and maybe he wouldn't have been a fan I'm like, eh, it's possible he thinks that way. Uh, the issue is crazy because, you know, again, you have the characters show up. They are in each other's costumes trying to figure out who they are. They think that they're each other. Um, and, you know, mayhem ensues. And it turns out they have to team up against, a, you know, a, a major threat. And the major threat really is, you know, one of those kind of simple things. Like, it's really not that difficult. It's, there's this syndical capsule they have to go and, you know, destroy it or stop it from hitting the earth i think they end up actually moving the earth uh at one point um this is what coming from uh, superman he says stand back flash i must exert more force than a million h-bombs a million h-bombs so he's smashing into the earth and uh, flash just says if you can't do it buddy it can't be done again and again the metropolis marvel hurls all his might at the ground beneath him and his muscles strain to the utmost and they move the world so that this thing that's on its way to them misses and uh, and then goes into the sun. 
and then Earth gets put into its rightful motion. This is one of those things that you can only do in the Silver Age because everyone should be dead. Um, so it's 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 absolutely nuts. Um, but I love it, and it's got some great Kurt Swan art. It's one of those things. Silver Age is just about you know fun comics, but when you think about them, they are ridiculous. Even the idea of the Flash pretending to be Clark Kent. And using like um, um, a special like mask, like the, like disguise kit to look perfectly like Bruce, sorry, like Clark Kent. Bananas, absolutely bananas. Uh, one thing I do remember about this issue is that there's a there's a, an ad on the second half of one of the uh, one of the pages, and just says, "What terrible deed did Sp- Superboy do to force him to leave his family, his friends, his Earth forever?" I don't know what happens on issue. I'd love to know. Huh. One of these days, I'll pick that up for myself because I've been looking at that ad my entire life. So that was the first time I guess I really saw Superman in the Flash. Uh, Batman, I really have no idea. The first time I read him in a comic book, I feel like it had to have been after. Um, actually, it was right before Nightfall because I, I have this like falling apart in my hands comic book, which would have been you know it's actually in the prelude. Uh, to Nightfall co- uh, collection, so it's in that era. Uh, it had Azrael, it had Robin. I probably had no freaking clue what was happening. It has Batman having like a panic attack and he's having like a nervous breakdown. Uh, a very weird spot to start reading a Batman book. Uh, I think I'd read some like throwaway kind of stuff from like Zellers and, and stores in Canada at that to- point in time because I have a couple of those. But I think that's probably the first time I really like read a Batman comic. I had definitely seen the Batman TV show, the '60s show, uh, because it was still in heavy rotation after school so i remember seeing a lot of that i loved it uh i don't know what age i was when i watched the michael keaton movie but i feel like it wasn't it's was probably 1990 or so my parents got a used copy from a video store and they bought it and they gave it to me i never thought anything of it until years later i look at it and i'm like this is this is a rental what happened here <laughs> did you not return it no that, knowing my parents they just bought it uh they, uh they probably they had a discount they probably had so many rentals and eventually they didn't know what to do them anymore because no one was renting batman as much and so they were able to buy it who knows uh that was probably the first time with batman the other you know characters like green lantern i had his action figure without knowing who he was um and same thing with like red tornado for years no freaking clue who red tornado was uh, i had his action figure i played with him all the time no idea who he was um green lantern i think I, the first time i really read him in a comic was probably in the climax of the reign of the superman because he's there um not knowing that that was like a month before they destroyed hal jordan uh but i was like hal jordan probably because i remember reading that like i think i read i knew of kyle rayner years later um but i don't think i actually read or like purchased a, a green lantern comic uh until rebirth like i had then read at some point someone else's reissues of kyle rayner but i uh, really didn't know much about anything else. Like, I remember reading Wizard and knowing what was happening in Green Lantern, knowing about, you know, issue 100. I remember maybe re- flipping through at a store because uh, they brought Hal back, but I was not buying those issues. Uh, Green Arrow is even a harder one. I think my first time actually picking up and reading Green Arrow comic was when Kevin Smith rebooted him. Um, and he's probably one of those characters I have the biggest blind spot for, for not really knowing enough about the character. I've definitely dabbled with the character over the years. Uh, and I've read a bunch of, like, the Longbow Hunters, that kind of stuff. But not originally. Uh, it's not originally where I went. Not originally what I was reading. Um, so the first time I would have read him was, again, in a really weird spot. Uh, even Batman, like, comics, I didn't really buy them. I had Nightfall. I ended up getting, I think, the uh, the trades, the original trades, um, really old school newspaper print trades. Way back in the early to mid '90s, I got some money from like a family friend and, and bought those trades. Really enjoyed them, uh, but I wasn't reading Batman comics. And then '98, I believe, uh, 
98, I started buying right around, just incidentally, I just kind of threw it in my pile. I was at like a book, I was at a magazine store, I wasn't even at a comic book store, and I bought a couple issues of Cataclysm, uh, which I really enjoyed. And then I remember hunting them down. They were hard to find some of the issues. Some of them were really hard to find, like the Nightfall issues or the Nightwing issues of um, Cataclysm were really hard. Eventually, I got the trade. Uh, years later, and I think I also have the Road to No Man's Land and No Man's Land. But I again, I bought those at Cataclysm Trade. Uh, sorry, uh, uh, issues of a bunch of those, um, and I think I went to the. I think I bought them mostly on the newsstand, and then I got two issues of the the aftershocks of both Batman and Detective Comics, and then I was done. And I don't think I bought Batman regularly until Hush happened, and then I immediately jumped back off. But I just had to be there for Jim Lee, and I was never really a kind of an ongoing regular Batman fan. Uh, I was buying like the trades for a long time. Uh, the new 52 happened and i would like them here and there like the face-to-face storyline after uh or, sorry during one year later which was after 52 um i think i may have bought the, the original issues with uh the return of the red hood by judd winnick uh but wasn't really like buying it as a as a batman fan um definitely liked nightwing and again i read those singles uh a little bit during cataclysm i had those issues those are the issues that were hard to find initially and then eventually when they started doing trades i was definitely collecting all those because i just liked him as a character although i didn't have a lot of interaction with kind of reading his singles up until that point i definitely enjoyed the peter tomasi run on him as well uh, i'm trying to think superman i bought a bunch of issues during the reign of the superman i uh, really enjoyed it i don't think i had any of the funeral for a friend or doomsday issues or like yeah basically doomsday issues the issues leading up to his death but i definitely had a bunch of the reign of the superman i think i had two copies or one copy of steel or sorry, steel's first appearance obviously they had that special the kind of cut cover where you could see the, the shield underneath uh and then years later i slowly have the rest always love the reign of the superman always will it really it you know scratches that itch it scratches that spot of you know i was nine years old when it was happening i remember only having scattered issues so there's some of those issues i know so well and other issues i don't because i just i don't have that childhood affinity but when you're a kid and you only have a handful of comics and you read these things and they're just imprinted on your memory forever you will always remember these particular comics they do not go away um whereas you know i i don't remember where i was and i read the first appearance of miss marvel i don't remember how i felt about it i don't remember much about it i remember i i like the character but i don't really it doesn't mean as much to me because i wasn't 13 years old it wasn't one of the few comics i had and it didn't stand out to me in such a huge way uh there's something to that you know jerry conway said that before you know when you're 13 or 14 years old um that's always going to be your favorite version of anything whether it be sci-fi would it be uh, comics what have you and uh which is interesting although my friend was trying to dispute that fact by saying that he thinks he enjoys the daniel craig bonds more than uh, the pierce brosnan bonds and therefore uh it does not hold true here and i'm like eh, hold true more often than it isn't uh there's just something about when you're younger and you haven't watched as much you don't have as much experience you're not jaded either uh and everything matters more everything you know it, it takes place in your memory in a different way um i think about the shows i was watching when i was 13 14 years old you know i loved reboot um i will always love reboot and a big part of that is because of the age i was and even the same with beasties or beast wars i was beasties after here in canada for years i was like it's beasties why do they keep calling it beast wars no i was wrong canada was wrong uh u.s had it originally <laughs> i think part of why i was confused as a kid about that is because it was made by a canadian company so i just figured our our name was right uh it was not it was not right it was completely wrong uh, but for a bucket list interview, I would love to talk to Dan Dio someday just to talk about mainframe entertainment. Like, I obviously want to talk about you know, DC Comics, etc. But if I could talk about working on a reboot, um, that would make the 13-year-old inside so happy. 
Um, so that's just a kind of a smattering of you know these original DC character uh, DC characters when I first kind of came to know them and understand something about them and started to read them again much later than my uh, Marvel exposure. Um, I didn't really get into Marvel hugely until you know 1996, I guess, is the year where I really started jumping in. But I'd read comics up until then, and mainly they were Marvel, usually X Men, uh, maybe a little bit of Spider Man here and there. I had one friend who read a lot of the Spider Man clone saga, so I, I learned a lot of it kind of uh, through osmosis from reading with him and then i started reading amazing spider-man full-time right after the clone saga ended but loved going back to it loved the period and it's because again i had a few of those issues that were in the early 90s and i loved the um you know before you had trades i would pick up singles when i could and i love reading the um uh, letters pages uh, i remember i've I remember getting Amazing Spider-Man 396, loved it, and actually sought out the next chapter of the story, which was in Spectacular Spider-Man 219, and found it at my convenience store, because I think I got the 396 for my birthday or something, and then I found the other one at a store. And I remember just loving it, loving all the conjecture and the letters pages, because it made it feel like this lived-in community that I desperately wanted to be now part of. I wanted to know what they were talking about. I wanted to, you know, be part of this. Letters pages used to be the conduit, you know? They used to be the, the, the window to a comic soul. Uh, when you found out what other people thought of it, and it could maybe make sway what you thought of it. And sometimes it was, you know, very fluffy, and sometimes it was really interesting insights and conjecture. And I, I do miss that about that. But, I mean, you have Twitter, you have Slacks, you have all sorts of places to kind of get that information and that conjecture now. But there's something, there was something wholesome about having it just in that page. And it was always two months removed, and I don't know, it's, there's a romanticism there. Uh, although the, there's not an audience for it, I would love to get, like, a collection of just letters pages. Um, just to read what people thought because that's the problem with these collected editions is that they excise that they don't include letters pages except for some of the you know golden age or sorry uh, silver age um, omnibuses but if you're getting the epic collections you're never going to get this and it's such a it's, it's such a missing piece of history it's a part of the historical document of comics um, I want to read you know, people in, you know, talking about Uncanny X-Men and being like, oh my god, these aren't my X-Men. Who's this Wolverine guy? This guy sucks. I want to read that. That's fascinating. You know, that you know, you, you wholesale change what the X-Men are. Not everyone's going to love it right away. And some of the old steadfast people were like, well, where's my 05? Uh, I don't want these only old different. I don't want these people. I don't want Wolverine. I don't want Thunderbird. I don't want Nightcrawler. I find that endlessly fascinating and entertaining to read something like that. Anyways, that has been you know my rambling episode. Thank you for joining me for almost 20 minutes. Uh, you can rate and review the show on iTunes. Subscribe to us on Stitcher. Uh, the review episode for the releases from the week of the 13th will come out shortly after this one, probably the next day. Um, we're, we're slowly getting, hopefully, closer to being on, on time. Uh, that'll come out likely tomorrow on the Saturday, the 21st. Sorry, 23rd. Uh, hopefully, we'll have another non-reviews episode on the 24th, if, if God willing, just so I can get on top of things. And then, hopefully, I'll be back to uh, somewhat of a normal schedule. I've been saying that for, I think, two or three years. One of these days, it's going to happen. So, thank you for joining me for this uh, this, this this history lesson, uh, going through my own personal history with these characters. And you can email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com. Rate the show on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and listen to us on Stitcher. Thanks again. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.